today on the Workers for Joy podcast. The scriptural command is that we crave the pure spiritual milk of the word. It says, so that we will grow into an experience of our salvation. Welcome to the Workers for Joy podcast. Talks and Presence is designed to give you a blueprint for ways to connect with the Holy Spirit in your day-to-day life. Join us as we fellowship over the person of Jesus, in whose presence is fullness of joy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Workers for Joy podcast. I'm your host, John, and today's topic is, drumroll please, hearing God's voice. This is one of my favorite topics personally. I think about this all the time. I also get asked about it a lot. I find there is a large and a growing hunger in the body of Christ to truly understand communion with God and to learn to hear his voice. I hope that after today, you have a little bit better scriptural understanding of this topic and also some practical ways uh, to begin to hear God more regularly in your own life. So as we get going, I wanna share part of my personal testimony and how Jesus led me on a journey to really show me the importance of hearing his voice for my own spiritual growth and development. So I grew up in a great Christian home, had awesome Christian parents. Uh, I came to this point, however, in high school where the Holy Spirit began to convict me that I knew a lot about God, but I didn't experience a lot of God. In fact, in the denomination that I grew up in, um, experience was actually a bad word. It was kind of taboo. Um, There was only one problem with this that I grew to appreciate. If you aren't experiencing God, what are you experiencing? How can you walk in the Holy Spirit if you're not connected to him? How do you produce the fruit of the Spirit? You see, unintentionally, I had embraced a version of Christianity that separated me from God and was actually dependent upon my own flesh to perform or carry out what God said to do. I was depending on my own mental capacity and human strength to work out what only God could do. Experientially, this led me to a very spiritually dry and therefore hungry place. I wanted to know God, but I had come to the end of myself. And you know, that is actually a real key for growing and hearing God's voice. You see, it takes a lot of courage to let go of our own thoughts. How do we leave that behind and just walk by faith? Well, fast forward to the summer after I graduated high school and I had a pastor hand me a flyer. It was of a church leadership program that was called the School of the Heart. And this intrigued me right off the bat because I had certainly been schooled in my head in my entire Christian journey. You know, I'd learned some great things, Uh, memorized Bible verses. I had good doctrine. Uh, I love all that. But knowledge outside of relationship with God puffs up. So as I'm looking over this flyer, one of their classes was on hearing God's voice. And my heart was really intrigued. I was hungry to see what they had to say about this. So I end up going to check out this church and eventually enroll in the school. And I'm sitting there in the first week of classes and they're talking about hearing God's voice. And they start using language like, I hear God saying this to me. I feel like God gave me a picture of something. And I'm like, God, what is happening? 
because this is really outside of my grid. The only time I had heard people use language like this was like a crazy person on the street or something. So I actually walk out of the class, and because it was such a big church, the only place I could find to be alone was a large walk-in janitor's closet. And I walk in, I shut the door behind me. Um, I'm actually a couple hundred miles from home, and I say, God, should I even be here? This, this to me just seems crazy. I don't know what to do with this. And as I say that, I get what I would consider to be my first vision. And keep in mind, I don't believe in any of this yet. Of course, the Lord had spoken to me in many ways before in my life, but I just wouldn't have called it that. This was the first time where I had a real, powerful Holy Spirit experience that was totally uninitiated by me. And what I saw in this vision was pretty unique. So you have to hang with me here as I describe this. I'm sitting there in prayer, and I see a vision of a dead goat skull. Inside this skull, there was a demon, and this demon was talking into my ear. So in the vision, you'd think, oh, I'd be rejecting this, I'd be afraid. Actually, what happened was I was nodding my head in agreement with what the demon was saying. <laughs> Whoa, that's scary, huh? Intuitively, my spirit knew this picture was a metaphor describing a religious voice that was inspired by the enemy to get me to think that I knew the truth on my own, but there was actually deception in my religious understanding of who God was. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 25, there's sheep and there's goats. Of course, Jesus' sheep hear his voice. And the interesting thing here is goats do many of the same things that sheep do, right? They, they walk around, they eat grass, they're in a pasture, they look similar but actually underneath, they have a totally different nature. And Jesus said, this is the same thing with religious people versus people born of the Spirit. So obviously, you and I don't wanna be a goat. We want to be the ones who hear the shepherd's voice. Well, I'm sitting there taking this in, and the Lord says to me, son, you're more comfortable listening to the voice of demons than you are listening to me. And you know, in that moment, I realized I would listen to the voice of self-dependence. I would listen to pride. I would trust myself, but I wouldn't trust God. I would listen to anger, to fear, to lust. I would listen to the voice of offense when someone hurt my feelings. I would listen to the voice of judgment. All of these things I knew how to listen to, but I didn't know how to listen to God. And I didn't really know it yet. But unintentionally, I had denied the very thing that had brought me into salvation and ultimately the path of sanctification. You see, at salvation, presumably the Holy Spirit spoke to our heart, to my heart, to your heart. He convicted us of our sin and he showed us that we really need Jesus. This was revelation happening, right? Colossians 2 verse 6 says, in the same way that we received him, we must learn to walk in him. So what does that mean? It means we need the voice of the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide us into all truth. We don't start in a revelation by grace and then move into works by self, right? So let me read you one more scripture to really drive this point home. 
1 Peter 2, um, it says, Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have tasted of the Lord's kindness. You see, we've tasted God's goodness and salvation. And Peter says the way to grow in our experience of God is by craving more of his words. Peter says that we have to become like a newborn baby. So here's a funny question, but how much intellect does a baby bring to the table? Well, obviously not very much. Now, of course, I'm not saying that our brain is bad. No, it's a gift. It's, it's really good at handling spreadsheets and solving things like 5 plus 10 is 15. It tells us things are hot uh, to protect us. It remembers locations. But when it comes to knowing God, spiritually speaking, on our own, Romans 8 verse 7 says that actually our natural mind is an enemy of God. It's under the influence of sin. It's been influenced by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's for this reason that scripture repeats over and over that we have to set our mind on the spirit because our mind alone cannot connect with God and ultimately due to the fall, it can't be fully trusted. So back to this scripture in first Peter, the scriptural command is that we crave the pure spiritual milk of the word. It says, so that we will grow into an experience of our salvation. If we are not walking and hearing his voice in what you might call a prophetic atmosphere where the Holy Spirit is communicating to our spirit and we're talking back and forth to God, we are not going to experience Jesus. We're going to be experiencing our own thought life. And you know what? We won't experience what he promised we would experience in our salvation. And as God spoke to me, you know what? We're actually going to be experiencing the opposite because we are in a real spiritual war. So how do we grow in this? This process is actually talked about a little bit in Hebrews 5, chapter 14, where it says this. It said, solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So when God speaks, scripture tells us it's going to take some practice to learn how to hear it. There is a process of training your senses to discern good words from bad. And 1 Thessalonians also mentions this, don't despise prophecy, but learn to test it, hold on to the good, get rid of the bad. But let's think on this together for a second. What is scripture pointing us towards? What would it look like if a spiritual impression hit your spiritual senses? Of course, scripture records many ways that God spoke and had a great impact on people. According to Acts 2.17, one of the primary descriptions of the Holy Spirit's activity in the new covenant is the giving of dreams and visions. This is God speaking through visual perception, the sense of sight. Both Jesus and Paul refer to the eyes of our heart. In fact, Jesus says a characteristic of religion aside from the Holy Spirit is the inability to perceive what God is saying. This is found in Mark 8, verse 17 to 18. Paul prays for Christians in Ephesus that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened so that they would know, really know what God is doing. The scriptures that include some form of visionary experience that people had in relating to God, wow, they're too numerous to list. 
But we know that, for example, Jesus saw Nathanael under a fig tree. This was a word of knowledge uh, when Jesus called him. The Apostle John in Revelation, Daniel, Isaiah as prophets. Scripture is full of these experiences, and it's clear that the eyes of our heart are intended to see. So the obvious corollary to eyes to see is ears to hear, right? Elijah described hearing a still small voice in 1 Kings 19. On the flip side, Samuel heard the audible voice of God, as did Jesus in John chapter 12, verses 27 to 30. Uh, Biblical prophets describe hearing the sound of rushing waters and trumpets and voices and angels. You know, I also believe the Holy Spirit highlights things or quickens a word or a scripture so that we can, quote unquote, hear what he's saying to us. He just draws our focus to something. We are also told that the Holy Spirit can bring things to our remembrance that Jesus has spoken to us in John 14, verse 26. So many prophetic experiences include other senses as well. But the point is this, when God speaks, it hits our spiritual senses. We are a new man in the spirit, created in Christ. We're made for heaven. Of course, we'll get a new body to match this someday soon. But with some practice, we can begin to realize that our body, soul, and spirit are immediately intertwined and they function in union together. The impressions that hit our spirit from the spiritual world impact our soul through thoughts, emotions, and feelings. And then they filter into our physical body. Our brain begins to process this information. So when awareness of the spiritual world hits our brain and we're processing that information, we seek to turn it into words or language so we can articulate it or express the spiritual message we have received. This could be in verbal communication or written communication like journaling. Years ago, in my uh, original School of the Heart that I mentioned, I read a book by Mark Verkler, and he said something that's always kind of stuck out with me. He said, experience indicates that we perceive spirit-level communication as spontaneous thoughts, impressions, and visions. And scripture confirms this in many ways. For example, one definition of paga, a Hebrew word for intercession, is a quote-unquote chance encounter or accidental intersecting. So when God lays people on our hearts, he does it through paga, a chance encounter or a thought that accidentally intersects our minds. That's Mark Verkler. So have you ever had this happen? Ever had somebody just pop into your head and you start thinking about them? Well, I had this happen the other day. I woke up in the morning. I hadn't talked to a friend in several months, and I just was thinking about them for no explainable reason. So I paid attention to that random thought, and I just texted them saying God had put them on my heart, and they said, you know what? Oh, man, thank you so much. This is a really tough day for me. And it turned out there was sort of a negative anniversary on that day for them. And, you know, as soon as they said that, it all clicked. I could see and feel God's heart for them. God was thinking about them in this moment of sorrow. Doesn't scripture say this, that he's near to the brokenhearted? Well, what would this have looked like if the word came through a picture or a mental vision instead of just a thought that was placed into my head? Well, just the other day I was resting on my couch and the Lord showed me a picture in my mind of a park that I had been to a couple of times. 
when I saw the picture, I just knew I was supposed to go find someone there and, and share God's love with them. So I hopped up and drove to the location that he had been putting on my heart. And coincidentally, just then a family member uh, texted and offered to pick up my daughter from school. So I was free to follow the Holy Spirit on this adventure. But I pulled up and there was not even a single car in the parking lot. I walked around, there wasn't a person there. So I headed back to my car, sort of wondering what to do, thinking maybe I'd find someone close to this area. I drove a couple blocks further down. I parked again because I actually saw somebody standing outside. Well, after several minutes, um, I ended up walking back towards the park and I saw a young man. It turns out he's about 18 years old, heading through the park way up ahead of me. And I just heard the Lord say to pursue him. Well, by the time that I'd walked about the four to five blocks to where he was, he had disappeared out of sight. But I followed a trail that I had seen him sort of walk down. And yes, I was a uh, Holy Spirit stalking him. And I came around the corner to um, kind of a bridge and, you know, there's graffiti everywhere, a little bit messy. And I actually just saw the young man's foot hanging down. Um, he was just sitting up in the bridge rafters. And I said hello and began to talk with him, introduce myself and I'm sharing uh, with him that I basically just felt like God wanted me to come find him. And, you know, we talked a little bit. He just kept saying, thank you. It was just a Holy Spirit moment. When I asked if I could pray for him, he said yes. And he asked if he could bow his head uh, in respect and reverence as we prayed. You know, he was under um, a lot of stress and we felt the presence of God settle over us. I asked him, he said, yeah, he felt the peace of God around him. We ended up exchanging phone numbers. We sat down together for a few more minutes, read some Bible verses. In the end, we had a great time, and, and you know he knew that God had been thinking about him that day. So we need to learn to recognize those spontaneous moments and, and go on the adventure that God has for us. He is placing thoughts into our soul to fuel our faith. And, you know, I like to use a simple analogy to help people understand how to receive these words from God. You know, when you're a kid and you're driving in the car, you're strapped in the back seat, and your parents say, oh, look at that old car over there, or, you know, look at that um, animal on the side of the road. Well, what do you do? You, you stop whatever you're doing, and you turn, and you see it. You look. So I use the acronym SPOT, S-P-O-T, to describe this turning and seeing when I'm teaching hearing God's voice to people. The definition for SPOT is to quote unquote see, to notice, or to recognize. And in this case, it's what our Heavenly Father is putting in front of us. So the first letter of our acronym is S, and that stands for STILL. We, when we hear God, we want to still ourselves spiritually. What we're doing is we're renouncing our self-focus, and as Psalm 46 says, we want to be still and know He is God. We quiet ourselves before the Lord. Romans 12 says that true worship is to offer our body, that's our mental faculties, as a sacrifice to Jesus. We offer up our physical body to the influence of Jesus, and in this sense, He begins to renew or transform our mind. All true spirituality, I would argue, is a decrease of us because he must increase. Amen? So the P stands for position. 
And it's just like the kid in the car moving, readjusting to see what their parent is pointing out. So this is all about our focus. It's about our faith. It's about our obedience. This is spiritual position. Romans 8 verse 5 says that those who live by the Spirit set their mind on the Spirit. We give our focus, our faith, our obedience to God. And when we move into position, that position in our heart, I'll do what you say, God, I'll listen to you. He puts his thoughts into our mind and writes them on our hearts. This is what Hebrews 8 verse 10 says. In the new covenant, God is going to communicate spirit to spirit, not just through an external law. And it says he's going to put his thoughts right on the inside of us. So the O is for observe. At that point, we have tuned into the Holy Spirit. We are receiving his spontaneous flow of words, thoughts, impressions. And we just realize, we observe. Oh, I just got a picture. Uh, I have a memory. I'm hearing this word, or there's a song lyric in my head that wasn't there before. This can happen both in a prayerful posture when we're specifically asking God questions or things, like, God, what do you want to say to me today? And then we can quiet ourselves and go through this process. But this can spontaneously happen all the time throughout our day. You could be in church listening to your pastor and just what they say jumps out at you. You know, if in that moment, if you don't still yourself, if you don't position yourself in faith to honor that God is catching your attention and you don't begin to open up your spirit to observe what else God might want to say, you know what? You're going to miss God. And that whole process, it takes faith and it takes practice to discern. Well, finally, the T is the final letter of spot and it just stands for test. There is a place to test revelation. And we've already mentioned in 1 Thessalonians that it says to test all prophecy. Practically, I like to write down or audio record most of my prophetic words. And almost always, um, I journal even my own personal prayer times. What this does is it allows me to stay in the spontaneous flow of God's thoughts in the moment without having a distraction and without also having the pressure to analyze it in the moment. It also finally provides a written record to be able to test after the fact. Does this line up with the word of God? Does it sound like his revealed character and nature? Does it sound like his heart? So before we move into a bit of practice on this, I just want to close by reading from Mark chapter 4. This is in verse 21, which it's right after the parable of the sower, which is all about hearing God. It says this, Then Jesus asked them, Would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will be eventually brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to the light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. So Jesus here is describing a way we can listen. First, he says that while the revelation of God's kingdom is not seen, it is meant to be brought to the light and give light to you and to me. This is the lamp analogy in the first couple of verses. Second, he says we need to pay close attention to what we hear. This is the being still, the positioning ourselves and observing like we've been talking about. 
when we do this, you know what? Jesus promises that more will be given. So now it's time for application. Each podcast is geared towards giving you practical steps to walking out the information you just heard. By God's grace, we are moving from teaching into equipping. So let's open our Bibles to Psalms chapter 23, and let's just begin to read it. And what we're going to do is we're going to see as we read, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to just highlight something to us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And maybe right there it just hits us. Wow, um, I have some wants or desires. And maybe the Holy Spirit is just drawing us to lay those desires down before him. Who does he want to be for us? Well, a shepherd. As you see who he is, um, just take a moment to verbalize a response to him. Tell him you're thankful that he provides. Um, He wants to be our shepherd. After we spend a little time in the scripture, let's move into a specific prayer time. And let's practice asking God a question and seeing what spontaneous thoughts, words, or pictures he puts into us as a response. So you can try it with a real general open question. Use something like, Father God, what is one thing that you think about me? You know what? Just see what happens. As you sit there in prayer, still yourself, position yourself to receive in faith, believe that God wants to speak to you. Then as you do that, trust he's going to speak to you. Something will hit your senses. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for speaking to us. Thank you that you're not a mute God. Thank you that you're alive and you care. Father, we trust you with our hearts, and we ask for faith as we begin our journey to seeking to hear your voice more. Increase us as we hunger and thirst for righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today for Talks and Presence. We bless you with faith as you give yourself permission to pursue Jesus this week. He truly is our source of joy. We will see you next time for Talks and Presence.